All the money, money, count all the money, money, count all the money, money, count it up. Yay! Money, money, count all the money, money, count all the money, money, count it up. You better count it up, Nova. Count it up, bro. Count it up. Gracie is a bop. Yeah, Gracie is definitely a bop. She just be having us going crazy here. But welcome back. We are back after a long two weeks. <laughs> We're supposed to be back in two weeks, huh? Yeah, man. Two weeks, uh. It's two months later. That's like two weeks pandemic time, right? Yeah, I guess. But yeah. but for those who forgot who we are, I'm Travis. I'm Joy Lynn. And we got a little baby Nova Joy in the house. Nova, you want to say something? You want to say hi? Hi. Okay. 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 Well, welcome back, guys. Yeah, like we were saying, it's been like a long two weeks. Two months, but who's really counting? How I feel for you. It was a nice break. Yeah. You know, got to enjoy the summer with the family. Right. You know, Nova just turned two. Yeah. I just turned younger. Of course. Yeah. Of the course. Usual. Of course. Enjoying the summer, or at least trying to. It's, this is. Some new type of heat. I don't remember Man. experiencing this type of heat on this side of the world, but Man. you know, I'm not gonna speak on that too much. Nah, 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 nah. Yeah. So, well, we're gonna start today off with kind of going backwards. Like, we're gonna talk about breastfeeding. Like, after you left the hospital. We came home and then it was just all about trying to figure out breastfeeding. Yeah. So how was that process? It definitely was a journey. Mm -hmm. it, I guess I had this misconception that it was a one, two, three process, mm -hmm. but it's a journey that I as a new mother mm -hmm. and the baby herself being new to this world had to take. Right. So one of the things that they did with me before um, leaving the hospital, which was very helpful, is allow me to speak to someone that specialized in lactation and breastfeeding. And she taught me all of these different um, ways to breastfeed her and taught me about the wrong and right way to do it, which was very helpful mm -hmm. in the hospital. But... You know, Nova still getting used to the idea of like having to work for her food mm -hmm. and me getting used to the idea of having to feed her in certain ways because 
I am top heavy, so right. it was a certain way that I had to feed her. Like it wasn't like the traditional like cradle fire. cradle position. Like you had to what football? Yeah, they taught me a football, the football position, position. Yeah. which was uncomfortable because it's like she's so small. I don't want to accidentally, you know, drop right. her. I got I'm holding her literally like a football. Right. And I'm holding one boob like this. So for um, all the guys out there, she's saying like. A running back. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> in that I running back position. That, yeah. Yeah. So that, you know. And girls, you know. I know girls like football, too. So that was in the hospital. But once we got home, um, I didn't know that it was a process. Like, with your milk coming in as well. So I was concerned about, like, her eating. Like, was she getting enough? Like, right. Because I didn't see any milk, you right. know. And one of the things the doctors did... You know, they weren't even worried. They were like, as long as she's peeing and pooping, she's eating something. Right, and I and I could attest to the worry as well because try not to burden you with worry. You know, put my worries on there, but I'm around and I'm looking, and it's like, how is that enough? You know, you're not you're not producing much. From what I can tell. I couldn't tell that I was producing and, anything. Right. And then they said, what, three days later mm-hmm. is when the fatty milk comes in. So the first, like, three days was more of a hydration thing. Right. That's what they were saying. And, um, yeah, it was it was, it was was a process to, to see that literally on that third day is when that... Yeah. Been, like, that Shocked was like, me. <clears throat> I was like, wow, like, these people... Got it down to a science at this point, huh? Yeah, because I was just walking through the house and then they just started, like, leaking. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, okay, well, milk's here. Right. So that's that That was a process. But then you ended up having to go see the lactation specialist again. Yeah, because I was just concerned. After the hospital. Yeah, I was concerned that she wasn't getting enough. And even though, like, rationally, I thought it was somewhat my fault because getting into parenthood, like, they tell you that regardless if your child is asleep or not, right? they want you to feed them every two hours. Right. And when your child is asleep, it's kind of hard to... Just wake them up out right, of that sleep. Right, sleeping so peacefully. So it, was, it would be times where it's like, oh, she just went to sleep and it's right. time to feed her. And then, like, waking a baby up is, is hard, too. So, I know I kind of fell through with that. But her weight dropped. And that was mm-hmm. another reason why we went. But they got me back on track. Um, you know, I was determined to breastfeed. So, they yeah. was going to have to tell me that I couldn't before I ended up, you know, giving her a formula. But, but we got her weight back mm-hmm. on track. Well, um, technically, her weight didn't drop because of anything that we were doing it's from my understanding normal once the baby come out they have all that extra water weight i think it is yeah but at so this they point drop at and this then point they she done lost her water weight yeah but her weight didn't drop her weight was dropping was it yeah that's why the doctor remember. said we're gonna we're gonna see yeah. the next doctor visit you if it continuously go down then we might have to revisit the breastfeeding because something is happening. Well, I 
I could honestly say I don't remember that. I remember like I just remember her being like on track as far as like all her metrics. So yeah, she was on track with her weight for the most part, but it was a time where her weight started dropping, and I think mm-hmm. that that had a lot to do with the fact that I wasn't waking her up to feed her mm-hmm. versus something actually being wrong. But you know me, I was so nervous mm-hmm. trying to make sure she's taken care of the right way and she has enough. You know, because when you're breastfeeding, it's not like a bottle. You mm-hmm. can't see how much they're taking in. Right. Can't. So, and then sometimes she'll literally be on my breast for like a second. And then she'll fall asleep on my boob. Right. And like, well, hopefully you got something. Yeah. No, but I know you're a little active tonight, but I need you to calm yourself. Yeah, so you're definitely a little active. Any good information came from that visit from the lactation specialist that you could remember? She just told me that, how do I put this? Um, so you go, we live in the information age and mm-hmm. you have information at your fingertips. So like, you know, there was girls that are able to pump out like ounces, mm-hmm. you know, and I was letting her know like, you know, I'm not able to do that. And she had to explain to me, like, your body doesn't work like that. And them girls that are able to do that, you know, they're not breastfeeding and pumping. It's like, you're not running a form here. Mm -hmm. You know, your breasts are filling up and she's drinking it and then they're refilling. It's not like it's a, it's like a, it's not like it's a form. So, so I learned those. And then that I was just doing everything right. She taught me the proper way to get her to latch, though, because that's important. Because you go through labor, you like, okay, ooh, that pain, you know, and then you have breastfeeding, and I think, like, there's this common misconception that it's supposed to hurt. Right. You know, Nova had grew teeth, and it still doesn't hurt because she taught me the proper way to do it. She said if, if it hurts the mother, if the mother feels any ounce of pain, then that means the baby is latched wrong. Right. And she told she taught me the proper way to latch, which helped me out tremendously because saved me from having all types of like breast discomfort. What about, and the breast creams and mm-hmm. nipple creams. I didn't even need to it. use that once I learned how right. to latch. Because in the beginning, yes, baby. Once I learned how to, or I should say that once the baby learned how to, because that's a part of the journey from numb. They go from being attached to your placenta to actually having to work for the milk. And breastfeeding, they definitely have to work for the milk. But once I learned, or she learned how to properly latch, you know, I didn't need any of those uh, other things like creams and stuff because I didn't have any more discomfort. I didn't get any more like uh, sores or scrapes from her um, using the breast. I'm glad that you brought up actually pumping. So how was that journey for you? Like just learning, just figuring out the schedule and kind of trying to track how to store and even dealing with work and storing if you want to get into that. Well, it took me some time to get the hang of it because like I said, um, there's all this information on the internet and I would pump sometimes. I would only get like an ounce if I was lucky. Mm-hmm. But that was because I'm still breastfeeding. So it's like, she's she's drinking most of the milk. I'm only getting what's left. So it took some time to be able to, to build six ounce to eight ounce 
bags. Like it would take me all day or maybe two days to fill a bag, to freeze. Um, and then I had to learn that the time frame it's allowed to be in the refrigerator. The once it's uh, defrosted, it can't be refrosted. You can't save it. The breast milk is so is so sensitive to temperatures. Mm -hmm. Once you warm it up, like she has to drink it right away. Right. Or she has to drink it within two hours because. You can't rewarm breast milk. Right. Because the more temperature fluctuations it goes through, it's it loses nutrition. Right. It loses nutritional value. So that was very important. But yeah, just because I was going back to work, I was concerned. I'm like, okay. Like I said, I was determined to breastfeed. I did not want to give my child formula in no shape, way, or form. So the clock was ticking. Almost time to go back to work. You know, I'm like, I hope I build enough bags. Like, I hope I build enough bags to be able to sustain her if I'm not going to be there. And um, I, I did. I built a lot of bags. I still got bags in the freezer right now that I need to go in the trash. I built a lot of bags. And the pumping process at work. Yeah, so how was that? Like, the pumping I mean, process at work. Was because you had to stay on the schedule pretty much, right? When it yeah, came I had to, to stay like on the schedule. Pumping. I had to stay on the schedule. That's that's another thing. I'm glad I'm glad you brought that up because it's like supply and demand, right? Right. So your baby and how much your baby stimulates your breast sends whatever message it needs to send to your body. Like, okay, we need to be producing this amount of milk per day. But once she stops, or say if someone goes back to work, and you don't pump, or you don't keep that schedule, your body naturally will, will slow down the production because it thinks the baby needs less. Right. So you go back to the every two hours situation in the beginning, your baby is actually training your body how much milk your body needs to produce. Right. And so I'm glad you brought that up because, yeah, I did need to stay on the schedule so that, you know, it didn't affect when I am home with her the amount of milk that is that she needs my body to make. So, yeah, keeping that going at work was very important because it, it was like the first year of my daughter's life, she was strictly um, breastfed. Right. You know, so I couldn't risk that. Right, right. Even though like going to work and pumping, um, the process far as like pumping and getting to do it and storing, I had all types of like ice packs and I had a pocketbook that was like <laughs> designed for the type of stuff. So like it was easy far as that part, but um, my employer is who made it tough. Right, right. You know, and then I learned some new stuff with that because in the beginning, when it seems as though they were on board with me being a breastfeeding mother, I would go and I would I could pump out about eight ounces of milk, you know, mm -hmm. and then store it and go back and do my job. But over the time and the stressors that I went through trying to continue my breastfeeding journey at work, I was. I got nervous because I was pumping out less and less mm -hmm. at work and um, I had learned that stress plays a, a, a factor in 
pumping out and that you know I try to combat that with in that time frame just focusing on my child which is another thing that helps you produce milk right, right, right. yeah I think that yeah I, I think that everybody you know is always on board I would say employers is always on board with you know breastfeeding mothers and we we love to see it and all natural and we we're, we support it until it starts to affect their business that's how i look at it you know it's like you know they passed all these laws saying that you know you should protect the right for a mother to breastfeed and when you get to that point as far as like a mother that's dealing with an employer in your particular situation it's like you get in the bare minimum you get what i'm saying right. it's like a pulling teeth i can't speak in totality but i think there are a lot of laws, well, just in everyday life, mm -hmm. dealing with the police and, you know, court systems and stuff like that could be very intimidating, mm -hmm. but like, law is something that we're not really taught in school, you know, and I think a lot of people don't know their rights when mm -hmm. it comes to that, you mm -hmm. know, and it's very intimidating because, um, especially being black, right. you need a job. Right. You know, it's very intimidating to stand up to your employer when you know that that could have consequences that could affect your ability to survive yeah. outside of that job. You right, know? to feed your family. Um, so that's a factor, too. So just mm -hmm. not knowing what your rights are and, you know, coupled with the fact that you need to be able to survive. and. Right. I got to a point where it's just like, I got to a point where it was just like, I told them, like, you're asking me to choose between feeding my daughter. Right. And, and surviving. Right. You know? Right. Because if I, I have to do it. There's no way I could have got around that, you know? Yeah. But anybody knows me, know a thing or two about me, I will always stand up for what I believe in. And, um... I damn sure believed in giving my child the best. Right, right. You know, so that was a process that I had to go through, mm -hmm. fighting that, you know. And I learned so much about the law in PA when it mm -hmm. comes to breastfeeding, right. you know, which, you know, it's good that I had that experience so that if anybody else going through that, knowing me, I, would, I could be a resource in that factor because I went through it. I, right. I could educate them on their rights are or what I went through to get my employers to kind of play ball, at least with me for a little bit. Nah, 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 yeah, definitely did. But here we are. This kind of takes us into this new segment that we're doing, which is more of like a segment of our concerns slash our opinions about parenthood, about every little thing that we've been like battling with as new parents. Um, and this week's topic is going to be, of, of course, breastfeeding versus formula. <laughs> <laughs> so that kind of like segued into it. And it just, it just, I'll start off by saying that I am a man that has 
a Caribbean background and coming from my background, it is heavily influenced to go the breastfeeding route. Okay. Um, it isn't something that, uh, formula isn't something that is promoted within the Caribbean community that I know about. I'm far, I'm a couple years removed now, so, you know, a lot of things could have changed since. But I know for me coming up, breastfeeding is known to be the way to go as far as, like, for parents. And my major thing with breastfeeding versus formula is why wouldn't you want to breastfeed if you are able to? You get what I'm saying? Like, if you have, like, the major things that happens when you're breastfeeding, which is a bonding. Um, it's known that there's nutrition within your breast milk that helps the immune system. And it's cheaper. A lot like cheaper. Ten times cheaper. Like they giving you give you you put your child at a disadvantage with formula. Right. And formula has the nerve to be expensive on top of that. Very. And aren't we going through a formula shortage right now? Like it's crazy See, to me, but be, I'm, I'm be, having this conversation with you. And even if I was having this conversation with somebody else that was opposed to what I believe mm -hmm. when it comes to this topic, it still would be easy for me. I just would be hurting people's feelings. I just, I don't get it. It's, it's, for me, it's not about trying to, I'm not trying to, we're having a discussion, man, in our opinion. And like, my thing is, is that personally, if you do not have a physical problem with producing breast milk and actually breastfeeding, I don't see why you wouldn't do it. You know, right. I get there's people that can't do it physically and I can respect that. You know, you got the formula to take care of that because at the end of the day, your child needs to eat. But for the people who are perfectly healthy and sound mind to do it, why not do it? Because the, it, it could be a lot of reasons, but like for me, I think it's a, I think it's a level of selfishness. Mm -hmm. I honestly do because you know how much sacrifice you go through carrying a child, mm -hmm. delivering a child, and then not being able to get yourself and your hormones to balance before you start caring for that child on the outside of you, right? It was times that I didn't feel like it. It was times that I didn't want to, but in those times I had to show an act of love, which isn't a feeling, it's the work behind that, behind the feeling, and put my child first. Like a child, raising a child is always gonna be a sacrifice. It's gonna always gonna be a sacrifice to some degree. Mm -hmm. And like, what is it? You don't feel like it? Right. Who gives a fuck? Mm -hmm. Do it. Right. What you tired? Who cares? Mm -hmm. Do it. Like, it's not one excuse you can give me that will make it okay not to give your child the best mm -hmm. you know the best and when i say the best it the doctors had me creeped out mm -hmm. because you see relief from the pediatricians mm -hmm. when you tell them that you're breastfeeding right. these are doctors that give medicine with side effects that could cause other elements right and they are anti-formula. Mm -hmm. What is in that? That they're anti-against it and they get relief from mothers that decide to breastfeed and they encourage you mm -hmm. to do so. 
Right. When I, when when that was going on, and you know, all of that stuff with the doctors, I knew I was going to continue because if the doctors just spooked mm-hmm. with the formula, that's just something like, oh no, I'm definitely not giving it to her. Y'all spook with this. Mm-hmm. Now I I personally think it's selfishness. Right. I really do. Like, now granted, I know there are women out there. I don't know the statistics. I don't know the elements that could cause it. But there are women out there that can't do it. Mm-hmm. And for that, you got to do what's best. Because there are other options other than formula. Mm-hmm. Um, but you got to do what's best in that situation for your child's um, growth and development. But the women that do it, right. that don't want to do it because they don't feel comfortable with the baby. Like... Like, why, what are you doing? Like, embrace motherhood. And I'm a woman, you know, but it, I always think to myself, like, how this looks from the male perspective. Because it looks crazy to me. Like, how does it look for somebody that can't go through childbirth, that can't breastfeed, like, that can't go through these things, like, you know, that can't go through womanhood. Here we can talk about womanhood. You can't right. go through this aspect of womanhood. This is a part of womanhood. Right. And Embrace it. Aspect. And it's beautiful. Uh-huh. And I'm sorry, I get passionate mm-hmm. no, about no, it. Go ahead. But it's just being and it's being teared down too. Like I hate to see mothers like go through scrutiny for breastfeeding their babies as if it's like we, we're getting to be like a little too over sexualized. That's that we're funny. that when we come to stuff like this, topics like this, it's like, what is she doing? That's yeah. not what a boob is for. Actually, it really is. <laughs> that's and that's and that's actually what I was gonna bring up. Um, what I think is hilarious is the fact that you go online, and I think there this was like not too long ago. You go online, like on Facebook, Instagram, and you see like pictures of women breastfeeding their kids and it's like oh my god why are they doing that or why are they boob out or or that kid is too old to be on the boob like what like this or is what you're this a is pervert what, right like you know? this is what triggers you yeah and you know the funny thing about this it, is what triggers you? i pay very close attention to people that make those comments because mm-hmm. those are the type of people that i would I wouldn't want around my child with a 10-foot pole. Mm-hmm. Because if you can look at something like that and your mind goes to that perversion, mm-hmm. then it's nothing wrong with the person that's actually taking part in what nature has designed. Mm-hmm. There's something wrong with you. Right. That you can look at something like that. Right. And have perverted thoughts. Right. Yeah. Like, I just don't get it because it's one of those things that's so natural and for you to think that, ew, you know, like, why are you doing that? It's mind-blowing to me, yet you have all these girls that's coming out here, Instagram models and all of that, where they, you know, half-naked all the time and all of that, and it, but Taking that's okay. with the boobs. With the uh, with their with their butt poked in the air and looking right. back like they surprised. Right. Like, come on, man. 
Right. You know, come on, man. <laughs> Women, we gotta, I'm sorry, we gotta do better. Way better. We are the first teachers of children, and only thing we care about is our vanity and what we can get out of the next individual mm -hmm. with it. And it's really disgusting. Right. I know, like, some women, I've heard some women don't want to breastfeed because they don't want their boobs to sag. What? That's a, that's a reason? Okay. I guess. And does that even, is there even science behind that? Um, maybe your boobs are sagging because it's time. Mm -hmm. You know? Or maybe your boobs are sagging because they're sagging, you know? Mm -hmm. But at the end of the day, and that's where, um, that's a good point, but that gives to my point where it comes down to selfishness. Right. Right. I'm not going to, like, and that's, that's the first sacrifice that you're making on the outside for your child. Right. Like, how do I, if I had a son, how do I prepare him to not be with that type of person? Right. And, you know, it's funny because in my mind, a real man, like a woman that has a little bit of stretch marks and, you know what I mean? It just shows that you're a woman that's been through, like, the beauty of childbirth and this is what comes with it. And I love you for that, you know? Right. In my mind, but, you know, obviously... We're in a plastic world right now where everybody's doing the surgeries and everything and just rather look like something that they're really not, you know, so. Well, that's a, that's a thinking, to me, that's a thinking error too. Mm -hmm. Because in order for you to go and want these surgeries and stuff like that, you gotta be in your mind comparing yourself to somebody else. Mm -hmm. And that is a thinking error. Like you should never be comparing yourself to somebody else. You're built the way that you're built because you're built the way that you are. That's uniquely you. Right. Whether you have or you don't have. Right. Makes you what you are. Like, you know, and I, the Thanks. funny thing about it is, technically it's still not yours. Mm -hmm. Like technically you still don't have an ass. Right. Technically, you still don't have tips. Technically, you still don't have big lips. Mm -hmm. You just have to pay for it. And, yeah. you know, that stuff comes at a cost, too, because it's not something, once you got it, mm -hmm. that it doesn't require maintenance. You're going to be getting that surgery every five years for the rest of your life. Right. And the crazy thing about it is half the people I know that have gotten stuff like that done don't even have the money. Like, you don't even own your own house. Mm -hmm. You don't got no savings. You just saved up just enough to do that. Right. For what? Right. And then got the nerve to be saying, I want somebody to like me for me. Right. But don't got time to right. breastfeed your child. Yeah, you got Absolutely. time to do that, huh? And he's the same females that probably put you on child support. Mm -hmm. But you won't make the sacrifice. Right. And it's not that big of a set. I'm sorry, it, it felt natural to me. Yes, I went through my frustration or whatever the case may be. But for me, it is always gonna be like this. I may not know all of the answers, but if I'm placed with what's best and what's not best and the best is within reach, I'm gonna do what's best for my child. Mm -hmm. And to me, females are saying, yeah, 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 we only wanna, what? Right. I'm going back to partying. Right. I'm going back to me. Right. I gotta look good, and you're right. not gonna suck down these boobs. Right. Mm-hmm. Like, so I'm sorry, like, you know, to all the listeners that may be opposed to what I'm saying or may take offense in what I'm saying, but 
I mean, this is what but I that's, said. That's this is this is my opinion. It's a definitely, a and I opinion. think it's a very valid one. Right. If I don't say so myself, mm-hmm. like you know. And definitely feel free to leave any opposing opinions, or if you agree with what Joy is saying, definitely, or what we're saying, just leave leave a comment in the podcast right at the bottom, right at the bottom of the. Mm-hmm. If you're listening on Apple Podcast. I know they they take comments and stuff of that nature. I obviously give us a five star still, but you know we're just here voicing our opinion, and that's what you're gonna get each week going forth. We will have little updates on how Nova was within her first year of life, and then we're gonna go through these touchy topics of parenthood stuff that people may shy away from but it needs to be said you know like this is stuff that needs to be said and we have to have a place where you can be open and free to be able to say your thoughts say your piece and you know definitely feel free to disagree but that's where we are with it you know um, did you have anything more to say on that topic? Do better, women. <laughs> if you going, if you gonna be a mother, embrace motherhood. Take it all the way. Mm-hmm. Take each choice that you're faced with and ask yourself, what is the best choice? Mm-hmm. You know, if you gonna use your emotions, let it be toward being nurturers, or let it be towards something positive. Don't. If it subtracts or takes away from someone else, whether it be a child or anybody else of that nature, I ask you to at least reconsider or pause and take a moment to re- just reconsider. Just right. reconsider. Like, come on now, women. Get it together. Right. Right, right, right. Get it together. <laughs> yeah. This is a touchy topic for me because, mm-hmm. like, even me, like, I got looked at funny for doing that and I'm just like yo like what kind of age is this like mm-hmm. and like you said we'll go through these topics it's just like in this world the way we're going with our mindsets mm-hmm. I always think to myself like I'm gonna have to raise my daughter to be a unicorn right right I mean it is what it is like like I said we are here to voice these topics and speak on our fears and I speak on our opinions and speak on our likes and dislikes and obviously there's going to be people that disagree with us and I definitely encourage them to you know write their write their disagreements in the comments or people that do agree with us write their agreements in the comments if we miss something but at the end of the day it is our opinion and here we are hello world yeah you know the crazy thing is if you even go on the CDC website uh, statistically um, and, and look at the statistics surrounding like breastfeeding mothers and people who don't breastfeed mm-hmm. from all different nationalities, like it's a rarity. It's becoming a rarity. It is. It's and like that's scary that the numbers, the statistics are so high. Almost 100% of people don't breastfeed their children. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, like, we're, we're climbing up. There. Yeah, we're climbing, we're climbing up, up 100%. Climbing like, I think what the, the, for our culture, black people, I think it was like 92.7 or 80. Something. It was in the 90s. I, I know, I think the Asians were 
and the 80 percent if i remember but the fact that those numbers are so high whether it's asians or black people or whoever nationality concerning breastfeeding that is scary but go on what are we, what are we doing now so we're gonna end off with just fun facts <laughs> about babies fun facts and i got this week's fun fact from momjunction.com so this week's fun fact is well joylin did you know that babies are born without kneecaps no i did not <laughs> apparently they're born without kneecaps babies have a structure of cartilage that resembles the kneecap so basically your kneecaps are actually just cartilage up until six months before they become fully kneecaps or actual kneecaps. Unfortunately, Nova is way past six months at this yeah, point. Yeah, like I would have liked to poke. I would have liked to play with her kneecaps just to see. see. You know, so apparently that's the case. So if you go to momjunction.com. You can read more about it. It tells you everything that you need to know about babies without kneecaps, I guess. I guess that's something that you, I just never thought to check. I just always thought that she had kneecaps. <laughs> Anywho, that was our welcome back show. As you can tell, we are coming back raw. And we coming back with, you know, the spice. Not gonna lie, you gonna get some spicy content this season. But it's all love at the end of the day, all right? All love. So, we're signing out. This is Travis. I'm Jaylen. And Nova is on my lap right now. Mm-hmm. Watching her little TV show and falling asleep. So, mm-hmm. maybe for, next time she'll say bye. Time for, time for bed, huh? Time for bed. <laughs> all right, guys. Hey guys, thank you for making it to the end of the episode. And if you like what you heard, please rank us on whatever platform you're listening to this on. And if you want to stay connected with us on social media, please follow the links in the description. Hi, Thank, thank you, you and catch you on, on the next, next episode. episode.